ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between. That's Welcome right. back to the show. That's right. In between, before, after. We don't care what you are, as long as you're tuning into the show. Um, always, the compressor, yeah. right when we start. I, I know you guys can't hear it, but um, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Hayfla. Hayfla offers a wide range of products and solutions for the woodworking and furniture making industries from hinges and drawer slides to connectors and dowels, sandpaper, wood glue, shop carts, and everything in between. Exclusive product lines such as Looks LED lighting and Slido door hardware ensure that every project you create is built to last. Learn more at Hayfla.com. Yeah, there are ads out at uh, KBIS right now. Yeah, Vegas. Which is, it doesn't start for a week from yesterday. Yeah. But they're getting all set up. Um, we had Ed and Rich over here. Was that last Friday? I think so. Um, checking out the new shop. Talking turkey. Is that, a fr- is that even a phrase? Talking turkey? Yeah. Yeah, what? Talking turkey, I think, means like to be, talk honestly. Uh I'm not sure the the uh, origin of that phrase. Talk turkey. Discuss something frankly and straightforwardly. She promised to go talk turkey with the representatives. (laughs) When you say it like that, it's really funny. More likely, talk turkey came from pleasant conversation at Thanksgiving dinner or maybe negotiations between Native Americans and European colonists over the cost of poultry. Hmm. Um, oh, I was going to say about Hayfla, you know, yesterday we're building, uh, building these cabinets for Nick and, uh, say, oh shit, we need two 15 inch drawer slides. Shoot a text over to, uh, to Rich, our salesman. I said, Hey, um, you know, we need two pairs of 15 inch slides and clips. He calls me, we talk. Next thing you know, today, boom, delivered. On the doorstep. Yep. So, we urge you to check out Hayfla. Definitely. Um, Companies large and small. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it can't be. Right now, we're running on Duncan. Yeah, we, uh, we walked across the street to the old Dunkin' Donuts. We usually scoff at the Dunkin' Donuts, uh... Yeah, it's like, uh, I use this analogy for a lot of stuff. It's like beer, you know, (laughs) given the choice, I'm not going to drink, you know, given the choice, I'm going to buy, you know, like a craft beer or something. But like, if I go to your house and you gave me like a natty light, (laughs) I'm not going to not drink it. We need, we needed an afternoon pick me up. Yeah, I was, I was actually yawning. So anyway, we were supposed to have a guest on today. Yeah. Um, but he, he coldly and rudely stood us up. We're going to have to do all the heavy lifting now. Yep. Um, I mean, needless, needless to say, this guy, we're, he's not going to be on the show <laughs> ever now. <laughs> and, and no more scrap wood. He's yeah. cut off. We're just here waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, it's pretty messed up. You think you know somebody? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got his own podcast too, so... We'll have to see what we can do to sabotage that. Yeah. It's a men's health uh, podcast. <laughs> Sock puppets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we have zero plans for this episode. Yeah, absolutely no preparedness. No, but, I mean, that's fairly typical these days. Um, we, there was something we wanted to mention... Last week when we had our spectacular guest. Uh, oh, it was about getting that paperwork in the in I, the mail? I don't know. You I, said you wanted to uh, talk I, about something. I think I, that was it. Um, so, yeah, last week. Uh, was it last week? Yeah, it must yeah. have been. Like early in the week. Um, this we, I wanted to bring this up um, in the episode with Matthew Serio, but I forgot. Um you know, we're here, we're working, we're plugging away, you know, we're 
we're climbing the mountain as we've come to <laughs> to put it. You know, we're trying to get our heads back above water. We've been, you know, busting our humps here in the new shop, trying to get this workout that, you know, that we've had for a long time, this big Hamptons job. Um, so it's, you know, you know how it is. You get paid in the beginning and, and you're working and then this shop expenses. And it's like, all right, now we got to get this job out so we can start <laughs> That's right. making money on, on new jobs. Um, so yeah, you know, it's been whatever it's been, uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks and next thing you know, uh, get a thing, ding dong, simply safe. Somebody's at the door. So I go out there and it's Rob's wife, Andrea, and she's got this big envelope and she hands it to me. And I see Markowitz on the thing. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> Did it say like Esquire? <laughs> uh, oh, I just saw the name in a big envelope, you know, stereotype. But, um, and I look at it, you know, law offices of so-and-so. I'm like, what the hell? Open it up and, you know, keep seeing this name. I won't say it because probably, probably shouldn't, but this name, it's the name of the guy who we put the lean on. If you guys remember, that was back like, uh, September of 2021, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, why are we getting this? And it's, it's this kitchen company is going after him for 200, you know, almost $250,000. So, you know, rifling through this, I mean, uh, an inch and a quarter thick of papers. Yeah, like a phone book. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what the hell? So I'm looking at it and, you know, we're named as a defendant. It's this guy, <laughs> this versus, you know, 10, 10 defendants, which is the guy, his company, his multiple other companies, blah, blah, blah. And we're in there. I'm like, what the fuck? What? I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I'm like, did something happen with something that we made? And, you know, cause it's all this legalese that you're trying to read. Um, let me take a sip of my, my piping hot Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah. Don't burn your tongue. I put some of that cold water in there. Um, so anyway, I'm looking at it and I call, I call the attorney, um, who it came from. And, um, we had, we had sort of ascertained, uh, before I called that, you know, it was because we, we had a lien on the property. So we were, we're, we were shown as like, um, owning a piece of the building. Yeah. Technically that's the way it works. Right. Which, um, I sent in the discharge after we got paid. So when you put a lien on some on someone or something, rather, you uh, you have to discharge the lien. So it's the paperwork saying we got paid. We're you know we're taking the lien off, whatever. So I, I sent it in right after we got paid, and I we had the copy here. Um, so I called the attorney, and she's saying that you know when they did their um, lien search or whatever, their research for this. Um, lawsuit that we were shown as a lien holder. So it was a big mix up. Um, Newark never received the discharge, I guess, or they never put it through. I, I don't know what happened. I still have to check the certified mail receipt that I have to see, but, um, you know, essentially it was just a misunderstanding and I have verbal, um, or in an email written, uh, whatever statement from the attorney saying that we're, we're, uh, we're good to go that the judge said so. We're just waiting on like a signed order from the judge, you know, whatever, absolving mm -hmm. us of any responsibility. But that, you know, then was it yesterday? Yeah. And I think what, you must've gotten one over the weekend? Yes. Yes. Uh, another big packet showed up over the weekend and then another one yesterday or Monday. Um, because we haven't been taken off the thing yet, you know, we're still being served these papers saying that the, you know, they ruled in favor of that kitchen company and that the guy didn't even show up and like, you know, what a scumbag. Well, it's with all the fees and everything, it was almost $300,000. I'm not going anywhere for $14,000. <laughs> That's what he kept telling us. I'm not going. He didn't go anywhere. He's right. He didn't show up in court. He didn't go anywhere. I should text him. Yeah. Say, how's it going to feel paying that 300000 fucker? <laughs> I wonder, um, what was his name? Joe? Was mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah, the PM. Yeah. Yeah, so 
That was exciting. Yeah, that was, uh, that's part of being in business. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he owes that guy 250000 I want to know what the original scope of work was, you know? Yeah. Like, how much did they have hanging out? Is it 25%? Is it 10%? 50%? Right. I mean, you know, knowing uh, what's his face, he, he could easily have uh, bullied them into just taking a little bit, you know, up front because that's what he wanted to do to us. Yeah. He's like, nobody, nobody takes 85%. Even the elevator companies only take 50%. And so, well, sorry. Right. <laughs> so we'll take, we'll take, uh, 37.5% now to order the material. And then we'll take 37.5% when we start working. How about that? Mm -hmm. Which it's, you know, they're one and the same. But uh, that's what we did. We had, we had 15% hanging out. I remember when, uh, he was he was late with his payment. We were supposed to do the install. Yeah, he said, "Have a check there. We're going to turn around, and go home." Yeah, yeah. And then you know when uh, when we didn't get paid, what was it? He owed us for oh. If it was for rework or something, yeah, right? We, That's what that was. Yeah, we had to go take the tree down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because after he he uh, made us put it up first. Right. Then he's like, we got to take it down. Blah, blah, blah. What a pain in the ass. Yeah, we did that on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be off. Um, Yeah, that was for that check. But then, yeah, we still had the 15% hanging out. And um, I remember, like, when we had been waiting for it, and I, I said, listen, if we don't have a check by Monday, I'm putting a lien and he's like, I'm disappointed in you. I'm like, <laughs> what are you, my dad? I mean, the guy's got only, he can't be any more than five years older than me. Yeah. I I remember he stopped taking your calls and then I had to start calling him because yeah. he didn't know my number. So yeah, Rob would catch him off guard. And then it was like, then he forgot to like save your number. Yeah. Because he, you caught him off guard a couple of times, but he wouldn't pick up my calls at all. And... This is a little bit of information, too, if anybody's in this situation. You have to act pretty quickly. Yeah, you uh, only have 30 days, I think. Um, and we didn't know that, you know, Which until is, we got into the process. Yeah, it's weird because now this lawsuit is happening. Yeah. Um, so there must be, you know, if you... Um, like, obviously, this person had to get a lawyer and all mm -hmm. that. So you must still be able to sue... Yeah, for the money. But if you want to put a lien on the building and go through arbitration, then you only have 30 days. Right. Or 90 days or something. Um, and we, like, made it by the skin of our teeth. It must be 30 days because we, yeah. we wouldn't wait 90 days to get paid. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder what would happen if if uh, we still held that lien. Like, what? Uh, we would probably have to pay a percentage of... These are... Uh, these things are too sealed. This cup? Yeah, like I can't get... A... Oh, you can't get any air. Yeah. And what's the point of this thing? Yeah, what is this? It off. I guess if, you know, you can reclose it, but if you just want to get rid of it, you can just do that. Hmm. Yeah, mm. we're, we're dunking novices. Yeah. At least they don't have styrofoam cups anymore. Yeah. First of all, styrofoam's horrible for everything. And also too soft of a material for a cup to hold a hot beverage. Yeah. Um, this is much better now. Oh yeah. How'd you how'd you what'd you do? Poke a hole in there? Yeah, here. Alright. I'm carrying a different knife now. I uh I've been carrying a a Spiderco Endura. For probably the last five years, I did. I switched to I switched to a different knife for a little bit, but oh yeah, much better flow. Sorry to interrupt. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like I feel like I had to like suck it out of the little hole. Um, we're here Saturday, and I turned my clip caught on something and snapped right off of the knife. Yeah, highly unusual. Yeah, so now I'm back to this. Benchmade Griptilian, which is an awesome knife. So. Yeah, it looks nice. 
Yeah, this is a yeah, it's probably about eighty dollar, eighty hundred dollar knife. Um, but it's so much thicker than my other knife. So I got to get a new clip. Yeah. What was the other one? A spider? Spiderco Endura. Ah. This is a Benchmade Griptilian. But this has this axis lock. Which Man. is like when you, fir when you first get a knife with this on it, you just sit around all day and just <laughs> flip it open and closed. Designed by Mel Pardue. So, yeah, now every time I try and stick my hand in my pocket, it doesn't fit. Uh, yeah. It's funny how you get used to these little things and, you know, where you keep specific little tools and... Yeah. That was like my big rubber band. <laughs> you avoided disaster there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I had this big rubber band, you know, like... Uh, I don't even know where it came from or what it was for. But you know when you get like a rubber band that's like an eight inch like an eight inch uh diameter circle. Um I was using it to hold my fork to my like lunch, like the Tupperware. And uh what was it? We did the install. Mm hmm And uh that night I went home. I uh put Put my Tupperware on the counter. And the next morning I wake up. I'm like, where the hell is my big rubber band? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I took the fork off, put the Tupperware in the sink. I'm like, where the hell is my big rubber band? And I was going to accuse my wife of taking my big rubber band. Um, luckily, she was still sleeping. And then when I got to the shop, I found the Tupperware and the big rubber band sitting on the workbench because we... We ended up eating our lunch at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. We got back, and uh, I had my my soup, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, crisis avoided. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine the fallout? I would have had to get rid of it. <laughs> Can't show back up with the big rubber band. Yeah. Right. You would have had to play that one out all the way. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened to that rubber band. This is a new rubber band. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I got a simple life. Things like a big rubber band are they're pretty high on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so for those that don't know, I've been on a soup diet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think we talked about that at all, or the reasoning yeah. why or anything. I went. I had some dental surgery, and I've just started eating solid food. Really, it's been it's been like a month, right? Three weeks, good three weeks, a month. Yeah. Well, it's because I had having work done on both sides of my mouth at the same time. wasn't very well planned out, <laughs> so it was. I couldn't chew. So I started having uh, Amy soup for lunch and dinner, a can of soup. And luckily I like soup and it's winter time. And because I can't, I couldn't really chew, I was not snacking like I usually did. Mm -hmm. And I started losing weight. Yeah. Because, you know, it's what else is going to happen. And soup is pretty low in calories yeah. typically. You know, it's not like you're eating clam chowder. Right, right. So, I mean, like vegetable soup too. No meat, no nothing. So, my wife goes the other day. She's like, you know how they, they get jealous of whatever it is that you're doing. Even if it's just by happenstance. Right. Just, you know, you're looking trim. I, I think I'm going to go on that soup diet. It's like, first off, it's not a diet. It's yeah. just, it's imposed it's on It's just me. reality. Yeah. It's a um, requirement. So <laughs> she goes out and, we, and buys like 20 cans of soup. <laughs> and it has one, one, one meal with a can of soup. And that was it. <laughs> so now in the cupboard, there's like 30 cans of soup. Oh, my God. <laughs> when the 
asteroid hits, you'll be safe. Yeah, we got we got soup, got canned soup and batteries at the house. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, she's a good sport about it. I asked; she was over here the other day. We said, "Jeff, want to know how your soup diet's gone?" <laughs> Oh. oh, man. Yeah, my wife was saying she wants to ride the stationary bike. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't seen any signs of... That's your stationary bike. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been riding it either. I've been doing other yeah. other stuff, but... Yeah. Um, they want in. They want in on the action. They got the fear of missing out. Yeah. Like, well, if you woke up in the morning. <laughs> right. That's the other thing. I mean, what time you get up? 3.30? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. I get up at 4.30 just to get a little bit of, like... I get up at 4, I still rush out of the door. Yeah. I mean, granted, I've been, I'm coming in early just to try and get ahead a little bit, but I'm still rushing out the door. Yeah, I kind of got my routine going in the morning now. 6.30, mm-hmm. I hit the car, start, start the car, mm-hmm. get out five minutes later. Um... But, you know, I got to make my soup to bring in the thermos. <laughs> got to wash the pot. Yeah. Oh, microwave. Yeah. yeah so, it takes, so it takes a little while to get everything going. Yeah. Uh, you know, plus, I, like, you need that time to get your headspace right. Yeah. Got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, I try and stretch a little bit, do this and that. And then, like, you know, I always make Hunter's sandwich for lunch. That way I feel like I'm contributing something. Mm-hmm. Uh got to make my uh, little vitamin drink I drink in the morning. Got to put the hot water in my coffee cup. Yeah, the time passes like it flies by. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, I'm I'm up for two hours by the time I leave. Yeah. It flies by. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the first like hour, because I'll get up at four and then usually I go to the bathroom about five. I'm like, how is it five? <laughs> exactly. Like, I didn't even do anything. I, like, read the news on Reddit. Yeah. Or, like, drew, you know, did a little bit of office work. Yeah. It, it, it's like I can't believe how fast the morning goes. Yeah, what I do this morning? I drew a little bit for, for Wild Willie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I get home in the morning, uh, the evening, and it's the first time I see my wife and the dog. You know, they, the dog yeah. misses me like crazy. Because he stays in the bedroom? Yeah, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't get up usually. Same for me. I'll say goodbye when I leave, but my wife's still sleeping. Both yeah. dogs are in there. Hunter might be awake. He was awake this morning, but he's got to stay in his room till 6.30. That's the rule. <laughs> is he a clock watcher now? Well, he's got like a nightlight. That like you know it makes like white noise, mm-hmm. and he he's got to stay in his room until it turns off. Uh, it turns off at six thirty. That's good. It you're works good, pretty good. You're though. a good dad. You're a good dad. We're trying. It ain't easy. No, it's definitely not. It's a lot easier to not be a good parent. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I'm qualified to say it because I have that impartiality. You know, not having kids mm. and so I can view from a distance, you know, I know like Christopher, I've known him since he was a kid. And mm-hmm. uh, so you could see, you know, there's no accident when people grow up to to be good human beings. Yeah. You know, you, you trace it back to the job that their parents did. Just hope he's not uh, like a closeted sociopath or something. <laughs> It certainly happens. You know, it happens. You're right. It could be the next Dahmer yeah. for all we know. Um, well, it made me think of, uh, like I heard an ex- uh, Matthew Serio uh, use an expression last week that I didn't know was a thing mm-hmm. when he used the term PK. PK. Preacher's kid. Oh, yeah. Said, yeah, being a PK. I'm like, oh, man, that's a thing. Yeah. You know, I, so he's another good man. Oh, yeah. You know, and you could see, you know, when we were talking about growing up and everything like that, mm-hmm. and the, it, it, 
not that we're like super disciplinarians or anything like that, but you know, structure and a little discipline is good. It it forms, you know, the right, yeah, you know, ideas and responsibilities. And you could see, I mean, what a generous guy. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. Um, it's like anything, everything in moderation, like, you have to be a moderate disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You can't be draconian, you know, where your kids are scared of you and, and, uh, you know, oh, everything yeah. is negative, but at times you have to be extra firm and other times not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that was like with the dinner thing the other night, like I, sometimes you just got to put your foot down. You didn't want to eat. And it was like, no. I said, listen, you're not going to win. <laughs> I said, you know why? Because we make the rules. <laughs> That's it. And he had to sit there until he ate everything that was on the plate. Oh, good and, for you. And he didn't want to, and he was crying and fussing, and but sometimes you just have to, you know, lay down the law. Yeah, he's a pretty good eater, too. You know, he, yeah. likes, he likes a lot of foods that kids won't eat. Yeah. Yeah, this was like... Uh, you know, Allie made some like really good chicken and asparagus and she made homemade focaccia bread. Mm. Like, dude, like some kids are eating TV dinners. Yeah. Yeah. Or worse, you know? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, we just, we've been talking about it on Instagram, but, uh, you know, the boxes are coming up again and mm-hmm. all that, all that money has been donated to No Kid Hungry. Yeah. Because I mean, um, it's a real thing. $37,500. Mm-hmm total so yeah, far yeah yeah um i spent a few uh few years off and on in my uh adolescence going hungry so it's a it's something that's a little bit near and dear there's nothing quite like being hungry and not having any food and it being out of your control yeah i can't imagine and the one thing that you, I, I always remember is the the visuals of food are all around. Yeah. Like when you're hungry, all you see is like commercials yeah. and ads about food. It's like that Christmas cartoon from like the 30s or 40s. Uh, uh, what's it called? Something in Dreamland. You ever seen that? Um, maybe. I don't know by uh, the description now. Let me see. It's like these two... You know, poor kids, and they're walking down the street, collecting—I don't forget—they're collecting stuff off the side of the road or something. And then they're looking in the bakery window at the cupcakes, oh, and then they go and they go to sleep. And they have this um, dream about um, this world where everything is made out of food. That you know, there's ice oh, cream wow. and popcorn. That and, sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, let me see, Christmas in Dreamland. Uh, Da, na, 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 they're in dreamland they're in dreamland to Christmas cartoon somewhere in dreamland 1936 um you know this is probably like in the public domain oh, probably in the public domain now yeah in the 30s Let's see that's like 90 years almost yeah, 1936 but yeah you know it's like everything is because they don't have any food, everything is... Come on, turn sideways. Everything is made out of food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going down the street picking up wood. Oh, and then the, the baker comes out with the cupcakes, and then they're gone. Oh. No, I never saw that. Oh. How sweet. The blankets, look, they're just all yeah. <laughs> All tattered. But anyway, they fall asleep. And then, look, it's like that weird, like... Oh, yeah. Syrup River. Yeah.
wake up and the, uh, you know, it's like the butcher and the baker and everybody. Oh, they, everybody they brings chipped gifts. in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Those old Christmas cartoons are the best. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Professor, what's it? Professor Grampy? I think that's what it's called. It's like an orphanage and the kids, you know, wake up and they go and they have all the toys are all like shoddy and they all break <laughs> and they all cry themselves to sleep. And then this guy's driving down the road in some contraption and he hears him crying. And he goes to the window and then he, he goes inside and he makes all these toys out of all this shit that's around oh, the orphanage. Wow. Yeah, that's another good I one. I never saw that either. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We, we watched this thing about, um... Was it uh, Frank Baum? Was that the guy who wrote Wizard of Oz? Um, yeah, L something, L Baum, I think. And that just happened to be on the other night, and we were watching it, and um, he, I, I didn't know this, but he had written all of these sequels to L. the Wizard Frank of Oz. Baum. Wizard of Oz. Really? Yeah, it was like... Um, is that like, is Wicked uh, one of those kind of things? Well, yeah, Wicked's like the modern uh, take uh, on it, you I know, didn't know on Broadway. It a, yeah, because I knew it wasn't like um, verbatim to the... Yeah, but he, he had, there was, like, he had a whole uh, cottage industry of Wizard of Oz stuff. Jeez. Yeah, but it makes me think about that because it was around the same time period when it came out on TV. He's got another book that I um, listened to on audiobook. L. Frank, what's it called? Something Island of something, something like that. Let me see. Um, oh, he's got a book called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Huh. Oh, yeah, The Lost Princess of Oz. He's from Chittenango. Chittenango, New York. Come on, show me his books. It was a pretty, it was an interesting book. A, definitely like a fantastical kind of um, works. Here we go. The Enchanted Island of You, 1903. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he came to success fairly late in life, you mm -hmm. know. I think he was like 40 or something like that, which back then was, you know, pretty old. I was going to read the, the uh, synopsis, but it's like 10 paragraphs. Cesley, daughter of Baron Murd of Hegg, and two companions are enjoying a picnic in the forest of Lurla when they are accosted by a fairy. The fairy, bored with centuries of insipid fairy life, amazes the girls by uh, pleading to be changed into a mortal. Though the girls are surprised that they might have the power to do such a thing, the fairy explains how it can be done. The girls agree to transform the fairy into a human boy for the space of one year. The newly minted male is dubbed Prince Marvel and finished with fairy arms and armor and an enchanted horse, a deer transformed, sets out to have adventures. Since you is so dominated by robbers and rogues, Prince Marvel does not have to travel far to find said adventures. He starts off by confronting and besting the bandits of Wul Takim, the self-styled King of Thieves. Marvel captures all 59 of the band and is ready to send them to the gallows. But Wul, Wul Takim convinces the naive ex-fairy that the robbers are now honest men, whom it would be unfair to hang. Marvel rescues a prisoner from the robbers, a young man named Neural, who becomes Marvel's squire boy. The match is a good one. While Marvel yearns for adventure, Neural actually longs to suffer pain and deprivation and often reproaches Marvel for saving him from harm. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, Neural, what's his name? Neural? Was like a rich kid or something. Anyway, you know, it's kind of like a, a weird fantasy book like that. Yeah, um, apparently the, Dorothy, the Dorothy character was a bit of uh, an outlier in, during that time period because she was like so independent mm. and um, yeah, like I mean, the heroine. 19, so here's Land of Oz works. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, 1900. Wow. So yeah, I mean, super um, 
out of the norm to have like a such a female focused book, I guess. The Marvelous Land of Oz, 1904. Queer Visitors from the Marvelous Land of Oz, 1905. Comic strip depicting 27 stories. The Wogglebug Book, 1905. Ozma of Oz, 1907. Dorothy and the Wizard of Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz, 1908. The Road to Oz, 1909. The Emerald City of Oz, 1910. The Patchwork Girl of Oz, 1913. Little Wizard Stories of Oz, 1913. Collection of six short stories. Tick Tock of Oz, 1914. The Scarecrow of Oz, 1915. Rinky Tink in Oz, 1916. The Lost Princess of Oz, 1917. The Tin Woodman of Oz, 1918. The Magic of Oz, 1919, posthumously published. Glinda of Oz, 1920, posthumously published. 1921's The Royal Book of Oz was posthumously attributed to Baum, but was entirely the work of Ruth Plumy Thompson. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah, kids apparently loved that those books. Yeah. Allie bought a, a um an old Wizard of Oz book at a uh, what the hell is that flea market? Uh, in Red Bank? No, no, no. Uh, over on, you know, Neptune kind of area, Farmingdale. Oh. Uh, that that big one. Yeah. Like can't where there's name? that overpass. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. What the hell is the name of that? Collingswood. Collingswood yeah. Auction. Yeah, I don't know if it's that one but it's it's like an early edition it's like i think it's worth a little bit of money nothing crazy but mm -hmm. uh, if you guys are interested you can find me on the tools today website now yeah that i mean that's pretty big deal <laughs> i told uh ali i said i bet you didn't know that you're married to a model <laughs> that's right yeah you had to sign that release i had to sign a model release um, on the, I looked on the mobile website, I guess it's only on desktop for the, um, five millimeter line boring bits. And you're looking good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See if it impacts our own social media. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully we'll be doing some more stuff with uh, tools today. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, very easy to work with. Yeah. Yeah, stuff and nice guy. Um. So yeah, we've been we've still been chipping away at this Hamptons job. Uh, Rob started cutting up the another um thing that we're working on this foyer cabinet. It's a big like um forty eight inches wide, and it's like over a hundred inches tall. Um, it's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this, the case is 96 and then we got the top, which is another two and a half or something in the base, another five. So it's like 104, 105 inches tall. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> it's real big. So it'll be, um, walnut interior painted exterior. It's called nicotine. It's like a golden yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a golden rod kind of color, I would say. Yeah, it's not a very flattering name, but it's a nice color. Yeah. Yeah, they literally, it's a plain English color. Um, they literally say it's like a nicotine-stained room. Mm -hmm. That's like the inspiration. Um, been doing a lot of painting. <clears throat> Painting yeah. all this stuff for Nick's closet. Um, we we, uh, we did the cubbies, two, two sets of cubbies, and um, a little low two-drawer base kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been painting all that, uh, using Benjamin Moore Advance, which is uh, a god-awful paint. Takes forever to dry. <laughs> it's got a, it's a four to six hour dry to touch and um, 16 hour recoat time. So I don't know who developed the paint. That's insane. But like, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't know what they were thinking. That's a paint on Friday and come back on Monday. Yeah, I think it's, it was, you know, made that so that you could like brush it onto cabinet 
it, I think it's it was developed for people who reface kitchens, not mm. reface people who paint, uh, like kitchen, existing kitchens, repaint kitchens. Oh, like you have a golden oak. Yeah, you have a golden oak kitchen and you want it white. Some guy in a pickup truck comes and and brushes on Benjamin Moore Advance and it has such a long, you know, uh, dry time that it it's got time to level out and and get flat, you know. Yeah, but and uh, you painted the mantelpiece. You primed that thing. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that's actually I think that might have been two weeks ago. Things been yeah. sitting. Yeah, we got the mantle for the Hamptons. Um, the wall units are uh, pr pretty much done. It's just a couple little things to do on the legs, and that's it. Yeah, well then we'll mock them up. We got to put it. Oh, we got to put on the hardware. Mm -hmm. We're still waiting on uh, three more pieces of hardware, but make some door stops. Um, yeah, I think that's it on that. We got to build the uh, the countertop, foyer cabinet, mantle's done. Uh, what else are we doing over there? The vanities are done, delivered. Yeah, just need to be installed. We we're uh, we're well into it. Yeah. So not a whole lot more to do there. Still waiting on dates for um, delivery install. Got to get out there, install the master vanity, uh, install the shelves. At least the brackets, so they can wallpaper, mm -hmm. um, and some other stuff. We got the laundry countertop to cut. It's just a bally block, um, cut and cut in the sink on that. Yeah, got a little door job coming up. A little, a little repair. Yeah, I had somebody reach out. They have two thirty-two inch barn doors that they want to make into one. Now the measurement's up in the air, but one 54-inch barn door. Um, you know, I explained the caveats to cutting, you know, cutting <laughs> the ends of them and then rejoining them. Um, you know, we're going to, uh, like, domino the rails together and then put an astragal over the panel where the big seam in the panel is. Um, I said, you know, listen, we're going to, you know, do a good job, glue it up nice and everything, but just be aware of that. Yeah, it's, things are gonna move, and it may, you know, may show <laughs> seams. Yeah, this isn't how it was intended to work. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, is this thing gonna be like real, like yeah, yeah, the joint, like floppy? I have to use some big dominoes. Not that we really have huge dominoes, but yeah, use those ten by fifties, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Now this would be a good. Uh, application for that that big uh domino machine like yeah. run in some like super long ones yeah like some like three four inch long mm -hmm. maybe even yeah yeah tell her well actually the price just went up by two thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah they gotta finance the machine yeah yeah the <laughs> The domino. I don't know what it is. I think it's that old domino machine because, yeah. um, uh, who is it? What's the account? I forget, uh, the account, but I was talking to this guy. He's got a shop in Brooklyn and he, he posted a story. He's like, is it just me or can you never get like a flush joint with the domino? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what's yeah. the deal? Like I, I never had that issue with my domino, which mm -hmm. was a, a later version. I don't know if it's, if it's just the age or if it's that, first version I, I don't know but like i those doors yeah they were way off yeah it wasn't even close no and you're really good with that stuff i thought it was <laughs> <laughs> and i was referencing the bottom of the machine yeah. you know yeah, which is usually the fail safe yeah at least one at least the bottom would be flush <laughs> you know but neither side was flush yeah <laughs> i don't like that the screensaver comes on uh, recording yeah it always makes you think that uh it's not going to be recording yeah or you know i think that when i hit the space bar because this doesn't do anything when i hit the space bar it's going to stop recording um so yeah i don't know what the deal is with the domino yeah we may have to put it out to 
past you. Yeah. Put it up for sale. Gets you know, you can we get some a good return on it. Well now if you buy the big one, they sell the adapters so you can run small dominoes with the big domino machine. Ah. So then you know, before it was you had to have both. Mm -hmm. If you wanted if you wanted the big domino but still want to do small dominoes, you had to have the five hundred and the seven hundred. But now uh, Seneca sells the adapter. So you can use uh any of the the bits. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, what are they getting for that thing these days? It's gotta be eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred bucks. Yeah. DF seven hundred, is that what's called? I think so, yeah. DF seven hundred. You see Walter got that um new festival track saw. He did. Yeah. I didn't notice that. DF seven hundred EQ. Shopping. He's doing all right over there, Timber. Yeah. Oh, it's actually it's only fifteen forty nine. That's cool. Sixteen eighty five. The dock for Domino. Oh, okay. No, that's that's the Domino dock. Let's see. This is Seneca. How much are they getting for that? That thing. The adapter. Yeah, Domino XL accessories. Probably one hundred fifty two hundred bucks. I yeah. guess. Sounds about right. RTS 500 cutter adapter for Domino DF 700, 69.95. Wow. Much What's less than I thought. Small mortise kit for Festival Domino, 149.95. I think that's like a faceplate to make it so that, because I think it's got like a big opening maybe. Mm-hmm. Seneca Working Small Mortise Kit bundles three of our most popular products together into one convenient kit that allows you to make mortises as small as four millimeters with your dot, dot, dot. Then it gets cut off. Oh. With your Domino XL and center properly on a variety of Imperial plywood thicknesses. Kit includes our RTS 500 cutter adapter for using DF 500 cutters on your DF 700 along with one of our Dami shims and our imperial thickness gauge that allows quick fence adjustments for centering on plywood from half inch to one inch. What is Dami Shim? Seneca Woodworking Dami Shim is a machined aluminum shim that extends the lower travel limit of the Domino XL fence so that smaller offsets can be used. This enables centering on smaller materials such as half inch or three quarter inch plywood. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Dami fence. Dami Shim. Dami Shim. <laughs> I guess I guess this plate thing is the Dami Shim. That thing. Is it like that? Remember that uh, maroon piece of plastic that the Lamello had? Yeah. It's a, yeah, it must be a similar thing. Set height stop to 8 millimeter for half inch nominal plywood. Or use a Seneca woodworking thickness gauge. Yeah, it must just be a shim for the plate. Mm -hmm. But then you can't reference the bottom, I guess. No. I mean, really, we're not using four millimeter uh, dominoes very often. No. I don't even think we have them. We, I think our smallest one we have is five. Yeah, I don't know what I just used. I think they were five by 30. Even though it's like I could have used something a little bit bigger. It was just in the thing. Inconvenient. Yeah, exactly. How many times do you, do you do that? Like, that'll work. Not ideal, but that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. So Friday we'll go, we'll install uh, what we've made so far at Nick's. Um, then we're going to pick up those doors to be cut. Hopefully we can get them cutting in clamps. Yeah, that would be ideal. Let them cook. And go home for the weekend. Yeah, make sure they're nice and flat, you know, so they could sit and, and really firm up. Yeah. You know, if we get some glue on the panel and get that, you know, um, nicely uh, aligned, that way it, at least it's glued together. I'm, I'm assuming the whole thing's probably MDF. Yeah, it's going to be a real uh, bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Our luck will be hollow or something. Yeah. <laughs> Say, we just won't even take them. Say, no thanks. We'll pass. Yeah. Well, it's one of those jobs where, you know, I told her uh, it'd be 800 bucks, you know, to cut these things, put them back together, which it's like, 
there's like a little bit of money in the job, but mm-hmm. you know, not 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 enough to really make it worth it. But it, you never know. Uh, like sometimes these things lead to something else, and yeah. sometimes it's just good karma to help somebody out. And you know, it's not like she's like, I need a two a one day turnaround. Like you know, we're gonna get them. We'll, it it's just a little filler work, mm-hmm. you know. It'll take five minutes to cut them. Take fifteen minutes to glue them up. Take you know, there's little pockets of time where I'm gonna work on this for twenty minutes. Wait, waiting for something to dry. Yeah, it's just sometimes it's just something else to do. You're sick mm-hmm. of doing whatever the hell you're doing, so it's like <laughs> I'm gonna do this for ten minutes. It's nice to have those things, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh, thinking, uh, um, the little chicken never got back to us about uh, doing some bookshelves. Yeah, no, no, I don't know. I'm sure she's busy. Yeah. I painted the shop door today. Yeah, it came out nice. In the color called Lime Candy. Yeah, it looks a lot nicer up in the door frame and everything like that. Yeah, it, uh, it seems darker. Like more of like a Kelly green mm-hmm. than like a lime lime green, and with the little sign up there too. The uh, like the I had just ordered it online from Lowe's. I had to I had to order some stuff. Uh, um, what did I get on that order? You know, we needed a door ha- <clears throat> door handle. That was the whole thing. I had to put a handle on the door. It only had one hole, so I had to put a a hole for a handle um, so that we could have the handle and the deadbolt. So it's like, wow, if I gotta drill out the door, I might as well paint it. Cause it looked like shit anyway. Um, so I just got two paint samples from Lowe's, you know, I ordered online and when I picked the color out online, it looked like more of like an avocado green, uh, which I thought would be similar maybe to the letters on the van, Mm -hmm. uh, like inside the round logo. But yeah, no, it's, uh, definitely looked very lime inside, but it's, it was under those bright lights. Yeah. Whereas outside, it's never going to be under light like that. No. Even the street lights are like, I mean, this right now, these lights are set to 3,200. Street lights got to be 2,500. <laughs> They're about as yellow <laughs> as it gets. Yeah. Especially here, you know, someplace you go, I guess I have new ones, but they're, uh, you know, that yellow, super yellow halogen kind of light. Yeah. And uh, we had a laser engraved um, logo from maker camp that was like, uh, it ended up like 12 by 12, um, on half inch plywood. So I wrapped, um, three quarter inch walnut around it, finished it, screwed it to the door with some nice brass screws. So it looks good. It does. Spruced up a a tiny little section of the shop. Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. It looks good. And we could tell everybody just come down to the lime green door. Right. And we set up our delivery services with the... Yeah, so now I could give the code to the delivery, you know, Amazon, UPS, FedEx. They could just punch in the code, put the stuff inside, close the door, door locks itself automatically. Uh, that way if we're not here or you know, even when we are here, like I don't want to have to stop, go to the door. Because mm-hmm. like the FedEx guy, he just like left the stuff at the... He, he just rang the doorbell and left. Um, but we didn't have a handle. That was the issue. You know, we were working with just a deadbolt. Um, so now we got the the door handle and the deadbolt, which is good. Yeah. Um, I When I opened the door, I wasn't really even used to the idea that I didn't have to. Hold I it closed, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have an automatic lock, you know, with a keypad. So you'd have to hold the door closed with this little rinky-dink handle and hit lock and wait for it to lock. Um, and I didn't feel, I mean, we needed to do the handle regardless, but yeah. I didn't feel that the delivery people were, uh, I wouldn't feel confident in them doing no, that. No, no way. So now as long as the door latches, it'll, uh, close. And if like, if, if the door jams because it's not closed, if the deadbolt jams, I get an alert. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a nice little vestibule there. Perfect for receiving some packages. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if it's too big, they might not be able to close the door, but mm-hmm. that's on them to figure out. Yeah, we, I mean, right, they could, they could, yeah, they could, uh, then they could just ring the doorbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're professionals. Yeah. 
Yeah, what we got to do is um, maybe get a a new handle for that second door mm-hmm. with a key. That way, um, like if we leave, I mean, I'm really not worried about somebody going into the shop and like the Amazon guy, like they're so closely monitored yeah. and like they obviously there's cameras everywhere. You know, you have to be an idiot to like say, oh, nobody's here. I'm going to go inside and start poking around. Like, it's like I see you on the camera going in and then you're coming out like 15 minutes later. Like, this doesn't make sense. But if we could lock that door, then they could just put the stuff in there and mm-hmm. and, uh, and they wouldn't be able to get in. Yeah, it's shaping up. You got the out, uh, the outlets and the ceiling buttoned up. Yeah, we had some um, open boxes with uh, some of them just wire-nutted wires and some of them outlets that were broken or hanging from the, you know, that were existing. And uh, that was like the last thing that we had to do before um, the electrical inspection. So um, we got to schedule that. We'll talk to Nick on Friday, I guess, about when's a good time for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the electrical inspector only works certain days, so maybe I should... I should find out beforehand. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. So we know we can we can give Nick a list of dates or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, it might work like Wednesdays only or something crazy. Right. Yeah, and then you know we'll be ready for final inspection. We got you know the day before or whatever day of. We'll uh, make sure we gotta uncover that door and move the pails away from that back exit door. Mm-hmm. Stupid stuff like that, but. And, you know, you always want to spruce up a little bit, just make it... Make it presentable, yeah, like you get in company. Yeah, the cleaner it is, usually the the easier the inspector is on you. Typically. Yeah. Um, speaking about cleaning, you know, like, I'm still shocked at how much dirt. Like, every time I sweep, there's, like, 50% dirt, 50% dust. Yeah, it's like, like sawdust. silt almost. Yeah. Like, really fine dirt. Just keeps Dirt. coming up. It's just like it's not never ending. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it is. It'd be nice to do the floors one day, you know. Yeah, with the epoxy or something, some kind of sealant. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, you know, we uh, we own the building. It would be. Uh, oh yeah. That'd be a whole nother story. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be interested in buying it. You don't like the neighborhood? <laughs> no, it just seems like we saw how fast we filled this place up. Oh, yeah. doesn't really leave much room for expansion. <laughs> yeah, the place is full. It's yeah. full. I mean, in five, I think in five years, we're going to be busting at the seams again. Yeah. Big time. Probably even before that. Yeah, if if we're fortunate enough to get like a, a cut center, like where are we gonna put it? We have to move the tools closer together, I guess. Yeah, the van will have to go uh, out on the street. Oh God! Yeah, that or one of us will have to start driving it. That's much easier. Yeah, yeah, we we can't leave it out on the street here. We could put a carport in the back. Or garage. Talk to Patty. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the only other thing I could uh, think of uh, regarding the neighbors is uh, one of these days we're going to have a a welcoming party. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we better get inspected before that. Yeah, yeah, make sure we can... uh, Pass inspection. Mm-hmm. We'll have to invite uh, the, the realtor and the people from the town hall. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely have to do some sprucing up before that. Yeah. yeah we'll push that off. That'll be for 2024. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a holiday party. Yeah. Christmas 2024. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that might be all we got for you. Yeah, I think we did pretty good considering we were planning on having a guest today. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, potential guest. Yeah. Really screwed us on this one. We did it all by ourselves. We'll we'll remember that. 
No more, no more top three episodes on your podcast. <laughs> well, we're just ticking over one hour mark. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's a healthy podcast. We got to keep up the keep the standard. Yeah, that what it is. Anyway, talk to you next week. All right, everybody, be well out there. As always, Rob and I thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. If you want to help support the podcast, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can join our Patreon, or you can use one of our affiliate links in the podcast description for vesting finishes or Myoderm CBD pain relief cream. Um, again, we appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.